We all have a story to tell, a story of faith that can change the lives of others. Hi, I'm Terry Squires. Join me and my friends each week in the heart of Nashville as they share their stories of faith that will inspire your life. This is today's Nashville. This is faith. You know, sometimes when we pray for a problem, sometimes the situation changes. Sometimes our outlook on the situation changes and allows us to focus more on Him and see what the purpose for the pain was or is. Just be faithful and praise your way through the pain because if we can praise God in those times when we're the most hurt, uh, He is the most glorified. The only difference between my family and whoever's watching is that we're actually behind the microphone. Uh, Our families live through the same thing that, that all the viewers are experiencing. Life is not always easy, and we as Christians will sometimes suffer. But with God, He will lead you through your journey from pain to praise. Life moves at a fast pace. Everybody has challenges. But God is on the move. From Pittsburgh to Nashville, join me on the journey on today's life, sharing stories of unshakable faith. Known for their unique style that blends tight family harmony with their acoustic instruments, the Isaacs, Lily, Ben, Sonia, and Rebecca, through their own trials, have encouraged millions through their faith in music. With seven Dove Awards, several Grammy nominations, the Isaacs are frequent guests at the Grand Old Opry and are popular artists on the Gaither Homecoming videos. This is their story of unshakable faith. This is Today's Life. Ben, I am so excited to sit down with you. Your name is floating around everywhere. Everyone loves you, and you're you're a musician, songwriter, producer. Thank you for sitting down with me. It's an honor. It's an honor to be here. You have quite a story. Now, you were working on your CD. Nature Symphony. Nature Symphony. Mm -hmm. And all of you had spiritual warfare, yeah. and uh, you're all going through some really tough situations mm-hmm. in your life. And yours happened to do, be somebody in your family mm-hmm. was dealing with addiction. Right. And you know, today's world, I mean, there's so many of people that are dealing with this. Mm-hmm. Can you share a little bit about your journey. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. Yeah, I have a family member that uh, I love with all of my heart that battles addiction. And uh, addiction has affected nearly every home in America. You know, one of my sisters say, as performers, you know, people don't understand that you go through things as well, especially in the Christian world. Right. The only difference, I've heard Mark Lowry say this Many, many times. The only difference between you, audience, and us as performers is tonight we're holding the microphone. Addiction has, uh, has plagued this country. And my family, uh, my family member, I-, I love to say it like this. 
they taught me who Jesus is through their addiction. Because to me, it was a personal, I'm a really strong type A personality. Therefore, I have control issues. I know that. I'm trying not to be so uh, in control all the time. And that's, that's not easy. But I didn't realize it was a problem, my problem, until um, my family member was not choosing life. They were choosing addiction. And it was devastating to me because I couldn't control it. I couldn't control when they would drink. I couldn't control when they would stop. I got to the point where I was afraid to even leave the house to go anywhere because I, I thought I had that much control. When I was there, they weren't going to do it. And then it finally got to the point where it wasn't true. So I had to learn to, to, uh, to be able to say, okay, God, help me to be able to just give it to you. That's why I say that's my family member taught me who Jesus is to me because I had to learn, and, and I'm, I'm so grateful as of July the 27th of this year, they celebrate three years of sobriety. And it's so incredible and so encouraging. And uh, even to the point where uh, for me, it's like, you know, they, they said to me not long ago, and they, they come watch us play all the time. And, and I honestly, I share in front of people everywhere we go that no matter what you're going through, you know, sometimes when we pray for a problem, sometimes the situation changes. Sometimes our outlook on the situation changes and allows us to be able to, to focus more on him and see what the purpose for the pain was or is. But my family member will come and watch us play, and, and, and they say to me, you know, why is that date so important to you? Why is, why is my sobriety so important to you? I said, well, I said, honestly, I said, for almost three years now, I've been able to breathe. I'm not holding my breath wondering what's next for me. Because when you've lived with someone that don't mean to hurt you, but you choose to stay with them and fight through it with them. And it's not easy. It's not easy. Sometimes fighting through it is backing away and letting them make their own decisions. You know, we've lost two people in our family, too, with addiction. Sometimes you just don't know what to do because it's so devastating. Yeah. You get them help, and they go into rehab. They come out. They get back into it. You're right. It's just like you're always um, wondering. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, you know, we lost our nephew, and uh, we lost a, a ex-daughter-in-law, uh, and, and it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's absolutely. heartbreaking. You know, what would you say to somebody right now that's listening to you, and how would you encourage them? I would have to say that the only way that you find peace in any of the any of th- any of three scenarios, whether you or like me and you love someone who's battled an addiction or maybe you're the person who beat it or maybe you're still in it. The only way to find peace in that is you have to surrender your will to God and let him fight your battle for you because I really truly believe that he will. That's the only way that we made it through is, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that my family member chose sobriety. And I know that they give a lot of credit to God, but I also know, you know, we've had many conversations where they say to me, do you think I choose to be this way? You know, I've said many times, no, I don't think you choose to be this way, but I do think you choose the first drink or the first whatever once you've been sober. 
And that's, that's, that was the that's hard, the battle. that's the battle. So my hope is that you learn to really, really trust God. And if you give him everything, including the praise and also the bad times, that he will truly help you through it. But you've got to give it all, not just a little bit. You can't hold on to some of it and say, you know, I think maybe tomorrow I'll try this. It's got to be now and all the way. Tell me where God has taken you now. Personally, I'm busier than I've ever been. I stay in the studio all the time. Spiritually, I'm still on a high because of what God has brought me through. You know, I have, I can go to somebody and say, okay, I never had a story before. I just never, I never did. I do, but I never had a testimony that was just like, okay, this is impactful. This has changed my life until fighting this and learning. And honestly, I, I, my whole testimony, I turn about me finding my way through type A because when you really think that you're in control, but you're not, or it's not a, it's not a good place to be. I have a great friend that tells me all the time, says, Ben, she said, being in control, having control issues doesn't mean that you have, it's always bad because you just care more than everybody else. <laughs> it's like, okay, well, I'll take that <laughs> as someone who, who just has to be in it. So, you know, I mean, my, my, my happy place right now is, is everything in my life. Do you have a question or comment about today's podcast or want to check out the latest television episode? You can find me, Terry Squires, and all of my guests at todaysnashville.com. Sonia, tell me about all your awards that you've received. You don't want to brag about stuff like that, so I'm just going to say to God be the glory for all that he's done. Um, with the Isaacs, we've, we've been lucky enough to be in different genres of music, so we've won some Bluegrass Awards, uh, we've won some Southern Gospel Awards, we've won um, it's about seven Dove Awards, we've had the last two albums nominated for Grammys. Um, and a lot of other nominations and things. I, I really, I mean, it's we've had a blessed career, so I, I couldn't really be that more specific, but there are a lot of things the Lord has, has blessed us with. Now, what's it like to juggle everything? You know, all of you are busy. You have families. You have young kids. I do. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's crazy good life. My husband and I got married when I was in my mid-30s, and so we started having children right away. And so we have three children. Their ages are eight, three and a half, and two. So, and I, I'm, I don't mind telling people I'm, I'm 45 this week. And, and so, <laughs> well, you don't look, and you look, thank you're you. beautiful. Well, thank you. But um, I have more wisdom and patience at this age, but not so much energy. So it's, um, it's a constant juggling. Now, do they husband. go on the road with you? They or? do. Um, I have a nanny that travels full time, and also have one that helps me during the week. So. Um, the oldest one likes to stay home with my husband a lot because he's into sports and guy things. So they have that guy time when, when I have the babies out on the road. So we do that sometimes. But it's a wonderful life. It's, uh, it's an answered prayer. Everything. You know, I talked to Ben, and I'm going to be talking to Becky after you. And, but you all have had uh, struggles or, you know, trials in your life. 
And, and tell me about Ava. Um, Ava is my angel in heaven. When, in 2014, um, my husband and I already had Aiden. He was um, three and a half already. And we've been trying for another child and uh, finally got pregnant. And when I was six months pregnant in October of 2014, I started hemorrhaging. Went into the emergency room and uh, the doctor came in with the ultrasound results about two o'clock one morning. And she sat down at the edge of our bed and she said, Mr. and Mrs. Yeri, I'm so sorry to tell you that your baby girl has passed away. It was obviously very devastating, hardest thing that we've ever been through. And I was already 40 years old, you know, so I had a lot of emotional uh, dissecting to do, a lot of healing to do, a lot of fear that that was the end, you know, um, fear to try again, all the fears. But uh, the Lord was definitely gracious, and He was there holding me the whole time. And, you know, He gave me the grace to, to get through it breath by breath. I, I had to give birth to her. Took me 12 hours of labor, and I got to have a beautiful funeral for her. But you know, I I know where she is, and I have a treasure in heaven that a lot of people don't have. And one day when I get home, she'll be waiting, and it's going to be amazing that reunion. So I look at it as a, a treasure that God has allowed me to lay up in heaven. For eternity. Tell me a little bit more about your faith. You know, during that time, and even even the young, younger uh, years, and the challenges that you faced, and, and and just what God has done in your life. Well, I've always had very strong faith. I, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was six years old. Um, you know, having parents that raise you in a Christian home is is priceless. And so I grew up in a Christian home and. Um, surrendered my life to the Lord when I understood what that meant when I was six. And I just always lived for the Lord and always had great faith. I was married when I was 20 years old the first time. And uh, seven years later, went through a divorce, didn't have any children. But I was, you know, it was, it was a devastating time. And, you know, divorce is hard on everybody. And I really thought because, um, golly, I, I just thought because I was already older that I, would never have the family that I dreamed of, and I would never find a husband that I, you know, that I would be in love with enough to want to get married and, and, you know, at at my age. And, um, and so for me to have met my husband, who is incredible, um, and to have a family with children, I mean, I'm, I'm just beyond blessed. God has been so faithful to me in spite of the, the challenges. So when you went through the divorce, and it must be hard too, you know, you probably are retouring in your yeah. career. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and, we were. <laughs> and it, it, I know as a, a Christian author, it, it's difficult because then you're thinking, oh, how could God use me? You know, I failed. Yeah, Did you ever go through any oh, yeah. issues like that? Sure. And my, my ex-husband, my husband at the time, was in ministry with us. He was playing along with the Isaacs, and so it was especially hard being in the you know, in the, in the eye of the public going through a divorce. Everybody knew you were going through it. Everybody knew it. And, uh, but you know, we're, we're not the minority anymore, <laughs> No, <laughs> you know? No. And so, uh, there's life after divorce and there's grace for divorce. And, um, God is just, he's blessed me beyond anything that I ever could have deserved or ever imagined. And 
you know, to God be the glory because he, you know, his hand reaches further than we can even see. And so I'm thankful for that. Well, tell me a little bit more about your husband. Jimmy. Yes. (laughs) He's a a songwriter. He is. Jimmy Yeary is his name, Y-E-A-R-Y. And uh, he's written, he writes country music, gospel music. He's one of the top writers in Nashville. He's written six number one songs in country music in the last 10 years. Many gospel number ones. He, uh, He won an ACM and CMA award for a song he wrote called I Drive Your Truck. Uh, which is about a fallen soldier and his uh, father who copes with the pain of losing his son by driving his truck around. Mm. And uh, so that was an amazing thing a few years ago. So I'm very proud of him. He's a wonderful husband. He's a godsend. Everything that I put on my list, he, he is, is. And, and so much more. And God just truly just answered my prayers. how God does all that. Yeah. You know, if you had one thing to say to somebody that has lost a child, uh, what would that be? I would say trust God. Don't blame God. Because a lot of times when we're hurt and we don't understand, we have a tendency to get angry and and disconnect. And when you lose a child, you have to trust God's plan for your life because He promised to work all things to the good of those that love Him. And so you, usually you will either trust or blame in that situation when fear and hurt is involved and anger and pain. So I just, I, you know, I put my 100% trust in God, knowing that he knew what her life needed to be and what the, what the complications in life may have been later on. So we don't know God's plans. We just see the little broken, jagged pieces. He sees the entire picture, the entire puzzle. So we just have to keep trusting him and, uh, and be faithful. Just be faithful and praise your way through the pain because if we can praise God in those times when we're the most hurt, uh, he is the most glorified. I love and that. Praise your praise, praise your way through the pain, and um, and He's faithful. I'm a perfect example of how God was faithful because I was faithful to Him through it all, and I didn't stop praising and I didn't stop loving Him. So, be faithful and keep trusting. Do you have a question or comment about today's podcast or want to check out the latest television episode? You can find me, Terry Squires, and all of my guests at todaysnashville.com. Becky, you all are so busy. You've been touring, you've been in the studio, you've been traveling. You know, take me back a little bit when you got involved in the group and what inspired you? Well, you're, you're exactly right. We have been super busy. I can't recall a time where we've been busier. Um, it seems like in the last, you know, three or four months, I've slept in my own bed about six nights. So it's been busy. And, you know, we're touring and not only touring three and four days a week, but we're also making records and playing the Grand Ole Opry and doing different things that require midweek services. So it is a busy time, but we're blessed. I, I um, am 43, and so I started in the family as soon as I could talk pretty much, you know, when mom and dad discovered, which you may hear the same stories from all three of us because, you know, we grew up in the same home. But uh, by the time our parents discovered that we could sing, which was probably three and four, we were in perfect harmony. Um, and, And so I'm the baby. So my sister's a year older. My brother's two years older than Sonia. So he's three years older than me. 
And we were singing in full, perfect three-part harmony by the time we were three and four. And so uh, as soon as they realized that we could sing, immediately we started uh, filling positions. And by the time my sister was nine, she was on the guitar. By the time I was 11, I was playing uh, mandolin. And then Sonia was on mandolin. And then by 11, I was on guitar and been about 14 on upright bass. And, you know, it's just been our life. You know, we just well, I've have heard committed you, to the music. And I just love your music. <laughs> Thank you I, so I do much. have to ask you this. What is it like to walk on the stage of the Grand Old Opry? It's very intimidating. It's a, it, when it's over, now everybody's experience is different. And you're going to find in this interview, I'm a little bit more of an anxious person. So for me, it's when it's over that I was like, oh, so do you really get nervous? Going I do. On? I get nervous over every performance. It doesn't matter the the crowd size or the. It, it usually depends upon my environment for me, but yeah, I get very nervous. And so when it, the the Grand Ole Opry is over, then I'm like, oh, that was Breathe. awesome. But at, in the moment, it's all about okay, do good, don't mess up. But and you have your family members around. I do, you, and that so helps. Kind of yeah. gives you a little bit of. A, it really does. I would definitely not. Uh, want to pursue a solo career <laughs> like others, <laughs> unless God really made me do that. But it's it's comforting to have your family there and to know that they've got your back. And Well, you know, you went through a trial several years ago, and I think all of you have faced those trials in your life. But tell me a, a little bit about that. Well, I think that um, I'll start out by saying that the only difference between my family and whoever's watching is that we're actually behind the microphone. Uh, our families live through the same thing that, that all the viewers are experiencing. And, and the pedestal that we're put on is, is sometimes just um, one of those things where they think that maybe we live in a different world. But the truth is, is that we all experience different things and, and can relate to them because we're all going through something. And for me, in the year of 2000, I woke up and everything in my body had begun to shut down. And I'd went from doctor to doctor. And finally, I made it to the Mayo Clinic where they then diagnosed me the very rare form of Crohn's disease because not only was my digestive system completely out of whack, but all of the nerve endings from my head to my feet were uh, severely inflamed. And the doctor said I would probably go blind in both of my eyes by the time um, I lived to be older. And so um, I, I never really had just the basic Crohn's. It started in the small bowel, eventually going to the large bowel. And by the year of 2011, I had ulcers in the colon. I was uh, on a chemotherapy injection for six years. I was on a Humira injection. I was on 20 different pills to stay alive. And I really didn't think I would live to see 40 or 50. Um, so it was, it was challenging all of those years, all the while we're traveling by plane and bus, um, 200 shows a year. And, and, you know, that's definitely where you see God's faith. His grace is sufficient because he always uh, gave me what I needed to get on stage. But getting to that stage was the challenge for me every morning, getting out of bed and dealing with such a physical. Um, my nerve endings would burn so bad. I, like if I would get out of the shower, my skin would burn so bad for hours that I would almost have to just sponge bath two and three days at a time because it wasn't worth the pain. Wow. And um, so on the year of 2011, I uh, took a step of faith I've never taken before. And I found myself, after trying everything on the market, by the time I found this place in 2011, I was on the very last medication Mayo Clinic said was available for my condition. 
I, I found myself in a holistic clinic called Internal Balance in Brentwood, Tennessee. And it began a, a step of faith for me because that's when I began to realize that, um, that there's more than one way to bake a cake. There's more than one way to get better. And uh, in 2011 was the last, uh, February 22nd of 2011 is the last day I took any medication for my condition. In the last eight years, I've been walking and healing, which has become my testimony because in John 9, we read of Jesus passing by a blind man and he spits on the ground and he takes the clay and he puts it into the blind man's eyes and he tells him to go to the pool and wash. And I love that story because it, this blind man does receive a miracle, but it wasn't until I was desperate for God to heal my body that I realized that the moment that Jesus touched the blind man, he didn't receive his sight. You see, he had to walk by faith and not by sight. And nowhere oh, in the Bible powerful. do we read how long it took the blind man to go from the temple gate where Jesus was to the pool. But co commentaries have said that the closest pool from the temple gate where Jesus would have been and these miracles would have taken place was a half of a mile or longer. And so we know that the blind man walked by faith and not by sight. And so it became my theme in 2011 when I walked into this holistic clinic. I didn't get healed instantly. It's been a process for me over the past eight years of regaining and taking back everything that had been taken from me. But I stand here eight years later 100% well and no longer medically I can take normal showers. I have, I'm have. i the only one in my family that still has 20-20 vision. Uh, and I'm holding on to that. Age is <laughs> starting to catch up. Uh, but I, I no longer have uh, ulcers in the large bowel, the small bowel. I'm, I'm, I'm just walking in complete health and wholeness. And, you know, the amazing part of that is all those years I developed such anxiety and forms of depression. But most anxiety, stage fright, because the medicines were just weighing so heavy on me. I was so fatigued all the time. And now in the past eight years, I've just been walking in this whole new liberation and freedom of, of this is what life is all about, you know, and, and I'm really living, living life for the first time. You know, I cannot wait to see what God is going to do for the rest of, you know, your career and because you are just impacting so many lives. And I just want to thank you so much for being here and sharing your story. Absolutely. My friend, are you going through a trial in your life? And I want you to know that Jesus tells us that we will face many trials, but they are not to break us, but to empower us so that we can share our stories of unshakable faith with others that will give him honor and glory.